the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To have faith in God is not a stagnant state. It's a journey. As a believer, we should grow in our knowledge of God and His Word. Walk with Alan Cutting and many other believers as together we walk the believer's journey. Aloha and welcome to the Believer's Journey. Thank you for joining me today. I really, really appreciate all your support, your prayers. I want to thank my sponsors, the people who have supported this ministry. And today we have, I think, one of the most amazing stories and amazing teachings um, that we've had. Uh, we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. It's one of my most favorite topics is on the Holy Spirit. And actually, it's one of the most, from what I understand or what I feel, is also one of the most sensitive because of the direction that Christendom over all these years have taken and how the different denominations and churches and so forth have split over this one issue about the Holy Spirit. And I really want to talk about this, and uh, my guest today is uh, Chad Clark. Chad Clark is a business owner in San Antonio. He happens to have, well, actually, when I first met him, he had a little gold shop in uh, a main um, mall here in town. Now you have a huge jewelry store with design and fixes, and, and I want to welcome you. And, Thank you. And um, it is a, a total privilege uh, to, to meet, to have you here. Actually, we've met years ago, and I remember that little gold shop um when i was associate pastor at cbc i mm-hmm. think uh, i don't know who told me to go there somebody did um, i think my wife knew your wife and yes. um you know, i knew when your wife came on board as a security person but i walked in that little store in the little shop and and you you sold me some gold coins they weren't they weren't um a minted coin they were just a gold coin mm-hmm. and uh, I bought them for for spot nothing you didn't charge yeah. me anything more than yeah. spot and I was pretty like stoked about that like nobody does that yeah and I thought wow this guy's cool I have a really good friend of mine he has another story it was called um uh gold auction and jewelry exchange or something like that now his son runs one called the blue diamond of Texas mm-hmm. And uh, and so David um, Bluestein is the guy's name, and a few years after this transaction you and I had, um, I, he he had looked at them and he says, "Well, you're not going to get anything out of those because, you know, they're not minted, and so people are going to take a, a a dive. You're going to take a dive on it." And he, I said, "Well, the guy told me, you know, that he would pay me." the val- total value of what the coin was worth. He says, well, I find that hard to believe. I don't know anybody that would do that. Well, then I thought about that, and I talked to other people. He says, oh, yeah, everybody takes 3% or more mm-hmm. or whatever. And so I took them back to you, and sure enough, you gave me total price. Yeah. And I thought that was a person of integrity, and I've always remembered that. And I have to tell you that that really meant 
a lot to me. Awesome. So, but since then, you've left, you've, uh, you've opened up a, a new shop, and your life um, has taken, has gone in a crazy way, as we would tell. And I want you to share with our viewers, uh, I want you to give your testimony and talk about your business, yeah. talk about your life, talk about your brokenness, and talk about your redemption. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me, Alan. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I, I never say no when when God asks me to do something. I feel like God said, hey, whatever. When God sends men like you that love Jesus, I always say yes when I can share. So um, <clears throat> so many of you know we had a, a store in North Star Mall called C.D. Clark Gold Buyers. And uh, we started that um, in 2008 from a word that I heard attending a local church here in town and uh, was by gold build wells. And uh, I was a Christian then, you know, going to church on Sunday, but you know, I could never really live this thing. You know, I mean, I, you know, I was trying so hard and uh, anyways, we started that off, uh, left, uh, started that business in 2008. And within two years, we had 10 locations and uh, just doing millions of dollars in transactions. And, Along the way, I completely lost my faith. Um, even though we were building wells, we we figured, in a sense, um, we were almost like buying ourselves into the kingdom. It felt like at one point we put thirty nine on the wells on the ground in northern Sudan, some through living water. Um, but along the way, I quit reading the word. I quit praying, and lost myself and replaced Jesus with success, uh, you know, handling those kind of resources and just living for me. So many things became idols and uh, truly lost myself and made me question if I was actually ever really saved because I went off the cliff. It lasted for six years. I had uh, started drinking uh, and, and, and just went into addiction, Alan. And, um, it was terrifying because I remember saying to God, how did this happen? You know, I remember holding a drink in the sky, like, Lord, how did this happen? How did I get here? And um, shortly after that, I met a lady on a plane uh, coming back. I had another business that I started that, that was doing fairly well. And a uh, lady on the plane, I sat next to me and uh, last seat on the plane. And, she, um, and I'd been in Baltimore and I was so hungover. I was so sick from partying and drinking and just lost. She says to me, do you mind if I tell you what God told me to tell you? I said, sure, lady. And she said, God told me to tell you he was going to one-step you. And what that meant to me, that was exactly what I had told God. If you're ever going to help me get free or save me, you're going to have to just one-step me. One, just bam, an encounter. And so... I sat there wrecked on the plane, crying as she was buying me beer, not judging me because of my sin. She just loved on me. And I didn't know at the time, but she just came back from a Randy Clark uh, conference, and uh, which is in, um, is in my stream now. But long story short, I pursued alcohol for another year, pretty much lost my marriage right on the edge. And it brought me to a place of... Um, of suicide where I said, Jesus, if you are who you say you are, you must show me because 
I've never seen your power. I've been going to a, a, a large church here in San Antonio. Never saw anybody get free. I never saw the power of Jesus. It was, it was, I know, I, I, and so I was sitting, we had a, a ranch in Bandera at the time, and I locked up for three days. Stephanie had moved to town in an apartment. I was by myself. And this is like the end of the rope for me, Alan. Um, and I sat there, locked up for three days, sober at the time, screaming to Jesus, if you are who you say you are, show me. And as I began to just claw at anything, any sense of hope, as I just had the spirit on me whispering, take your life. Just, it's over. This is all life has to offer. You've seen it. It's over. And I just couldn't pull the trigger. I remember my mom said to me as a kid, if you ever take your life, it's a one-way ticket to hell. I believed her. And anyways, it, uh, it, held, it held on to me. So... I started reading Romans 7 for some reason where Paul, and I'm reading it and Paul says, why do I do the things I don't want to do? He says, what is wrong with my mind? And so if you're a person that has struggled with addiction or you're a person that has obsessions, uh, you can't stop looking at the website. You can't stop spending money. You can't, this is some, and I, and I would crying out to God, Lord, this is exactly what I have. I, I, I don't want to do the things that I'm doing. I say I'm never going to drink again. And by the end of the day or two days, I'm drinking again. How does this happen, God? What is wrong? What is in me? Just like Paul said, and he goes on to say, he goes on to say, thank God, the solution is Jesus Christ. As I sat there and began to scream, Jesus, Jesus, fighting, warring, screaming, the third day at nine o'clock in the morning, Alan, something hit me. I looked down and my stomach was just starting to move on its own like a wave. And then all of a sudden fire hit my body. As I sat in that chair, I began to be wrecked. And if I could tell you what it felt like, it was as if everything I'd ever wanted or desired, every, everything beyond I even know, knew what to ask for, I, it was it was there, a contentment, a peace, a love, acceptance of the the man that I was, just love, and it was as Holy Spirit was just actually taking things out of me. It was like this. He was just like removing. It was almost like that every time you were your dad said hurtful things to you, he was removing those, and then it went in from a erect. Booger crying, wrecked to a laughing crying of joy. And I would say it lasted about 45 minutes, Alan. And at the very end, God says this to me in inaudible words, as if I could take a card and place it into your heart and it had writing on it. And it said this, every day that you put me first, I will give you a reprieve of you. But it only lasts for 24 hours. And it was from Jesus. It was him speaking. For the next month, Alan, I bawled. Every time someone would come into the store, I would tell them what happened. And they would cry. I would cry. And then finally, I didn't know really what happened other than my wife said she still worked for the store. She says to me, Chad, something happened to you. And I would say, I know. <laughs> I know something radical happened to me. 
And she says, no, something really did. I, she goes, because you had the worst mouth of profanity of any man I'd ever known. You always said the F word at the beginning, at the end of every sentence. And she says, it's like, it's gone. And I started thinking, that was one of the things God supernaturally took from me was my vocabulary. You see, when the Holy Spirit came that day, I didn't know what it was, but he removed my mouth. He removed that perverse language. And then God sent in a pastor to the store to buy a diamond for his wife. And he's I'm telling him what happened. And he's crying, I'm crying. And he says, you got filled with the, the Holy Ghost, the fire of the Holy Ghost. And he t- tells me, Jeremiah 29, 12, it says, when you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. You will find me. And even a man that wasn't even going to church at the time, a man that was desperate, a man that wasn't sitting under a pastor, a man that had enough of church because I didn't see the power. I never saw anybody get free. Well, God set me free that day and he began to teach me. And one of the things he said, everything you think you know about me, I want you to just disregard it. I'm going to teach you now. I said, Lord, if you're going to teach me, I have to help my mind because I have a hard time studying. I've been told I'm ADD and ODD and all these things. Well, guess what? He began to do that. He began to slow me down and began to teach me. And this was um, four and a half years ago, August 30th of 2017. God moved on me sovereignly. I've never been the same. Um, What has birthed from this is right 60 days after that encounter, I started a men's group in my business and to help men get free from the things that held me. And it's still going today. Holy Spirit moves on men. And what we see is, is men begin are getting filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost. When we pray for them, it comes. It's not in church. However, I love church. I go to church. But this is God moving through what he did for me. He's doing for others. I remember telling him, Lord, I know what a broken heart is. And you came. I truly know what brokenness is. And you touched me and you, 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 you put me back together, Jesus. And for that, I owe you everything. And if you send me anyone that you just send them, I'll pray for them. Well, I was hungry for more. And I, 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 I'm at 50 at the time and, and I'm looking for more. And instead of, I just knew I wanted more of this encounter. And every day after God would meet me and I would still get encounters daily in the morning. Cause I haven't missed a day in 1600 days since that encounter. I've never missed a day. I always meet, but he's been growing me and Holy Spirit has been teaching me and showing me. And what has happened is there's, began to be manifestations of his presence. <clears throat> so I, I uh, joined, uh, I, I affiliated myself with Global Awakening, Randy Clark's School of Healing, and, and I just had a, a heart to see people healed. So I start, it's, uh, started it a little year and a half ago. I finished the third semester. At the beginning of the third semester, God started sending in patients, tumor patients, and as of today, it's been over a year, about, about 10 months, we've had 15 tumor patients come. we had ladies that have come and come back later and said their tumors were dissolved when we prayed for them. And this happens in your business? In our business. And so what God is birthing there 
I've got kidney patients, heart patients. I've had people walk up to the counter, right, to buy a diamond and start bawling. And I'm like, oh, I know what you're here for. You're not here for a diamond. You're, you're here for you're here for Holy Spirit. So how do people know to when they come to your store or to come to your store and know that they're going to receive what you have to offer or what God has to offer? You, you know, it is it is divine appointment. They tell me their story like I don't know why, but you stood out. When we looked at Google reviews, we don't know what it was, but this place just stood out to us. And right when we walked in, we just felt felt peace and presence. And, you know, it's just a drawing. The Holy Spirit is leading these people in. They come in for something else, but in fact, they realize, oh my, I'm here for an encounter with God. And, and Jesus said, one of my favorite verses, John fourteen twelve. For those who believe in my name, you will do the same things that I have done and more. So Jesus is calling us to be his hands and his feet. And I just can't deny anything about it. I owe him everything, even my business. And at one point in the business, I had to completely turn it over to him and make him CEO. And I'm just I'm just a, I'm just a servant. But he runs the company, I'm his servant. But what we're seeing is it's an increased cancer patients. They're not dying. Stage four, they're not dying. They're in recovery. And it's just amazing to see. You see, I believe we're supposed to lay hands on the sick and they're supposed to recover. I take Jesus at his word now because I should be dead. Jesus delivered me from what nothing else could. Nothing. And Satan wanted to take me out, but Jesus said no. And so what God is doing at C.D. Clark Diamonds and Design Studio is birthing this almost ministry of healing, of, of even something bigger than this. The What it's starting to look like is, is, is how does a business owner who loves Jesus, right? But how does he cr- cross the bridge to begin praying for his employees, how does he cross the bridge to he wants to pray for his customers or he wants to, he sees God's already leading him. They're highlighting, but how does he do it? How does he cross it over with all the stuff of the world against Christ in the workplace? Well, that is where impartation, that is where activation, that is where we must ask, Holy Spirit, I want more. And then when it comes, when he gives us an opportunity for example, someone's highlighted. You just sense you're supposed to pray for them. Well, here's your choice. You pray or you don't. If you pray, you miss the blessing. If, if you don't pray, you miss the blessing. If you pray, I remember at first I used to say, oh, Lord, give me the courage to pray for this one. Oh, and they'd be like crying right there. And I'd be like, ah, so nervous. Now I just, we just do it. It's just, it's a process of Holy Spirit leading us and growing and stretching us. And I would say now we pray for Anyone that comes in, but they're not asking for prayer, but we, we see they're highlighted. We see, they don't know why, they, but they start crying or something's up. We ask them, we can pray, and we do. <clears throat> and most of the time they say this, nine out of 10 say this, I feel heat, I feel electricity, I feel, they go down, <laughs> they collapse in the chair, we always pray by them for, 
and they just start crying. The love of the Lord just starts touching them. And truly, I have no power. It's Jesus flowing through us, being his hands and his feet, which is exactly what the disciples did and exactly how Holy Spirit worked and partnered with them in when they became apostles. Amen? Exactly. Exactly. So I have a couple questions for you. Yes. So you, you mentioned that um, in the height of your uh, gold business, you were opening up and you were making millions in sales, and then you became an addict. So were you an addict <clears throat> before? Yes. Okay. I had I'd, I'd been, uh, you know, I believe addiction is something you're born with. Is in my, it was in my DNA. It's a, I believe it's a generational curse thing. Uh and it was in, and so um, I've been in AA since I was 18, had many long stretches of sobriety, over 20 years of sobriety together, nine years a couple times. And, but I could never stay with it because even though I was sober, I would have another addiction. But maybe it wasn't, maybe it was buying, spending money, or maybe it was nothing that bad. But in fact, it really was because Jesus wasn't Lord of all. And, you know, I questioned my salvation. I never could ever live it. I could never live free of this mm-hmm. until God moved on me. And the second baptism, Acts 2 talks about, or as in when Jesus breathed on them. Until then, once that happened, down that I had power to live this thing. And, you know, God brings men to a crisis, to a place where they open their eyes and they cry out, I don't care the cost anymore. I want, I must have you. Um, the reason I ask the question is because we have several, several, and I don't know how many people who do watch this program who are um, either addicts or they're fighting they're on in AA or they're in accelerate recovery mm-hmm. uh, I have had on guests on our show who actually in San Antonio they they are counselors or they're people in charge of groups of people so when you have somebody who is struggling for five ten years or more of still of their sobriety what is your answer for them to finally find victory so let me tell you, I, mean, I, I um, because of time, I left some stuff out, but um, I believe I was demonized mm-hmm. and I had gone so far down the rabbit hole in sin and addiction, uh, you know, and just uncontrollable. I couldn't say no. And I believe Jesus sovereignly delivered me that day. <clears throat> and throughout the last almost five years since that encounter, God has had me pray for people and they start manifesting a spirit. And God basically told me, Luke ten nineteen, Chad, I've given you authority over scorpions and snakes and over every single power of the enemy. By no means shall anything harm you. You see, I know what darkness is and I know, I know what sin is. I know who the one that births it. And when Jesus hit me that day, he delivered me 100%. And I know the power of his name. And so I started learning about deliverance. The first time someone manifested, I'm like, oh, in Jesus' name, come out. In Jesus' name. And son of a gun, if they just didn't like drop to the floor 
and started coughing and I was like, wow, most of the time it's not that easy we've seen. God sends us sick people. We begin to pray for them and they start manifesting. And most of the time they don't even know there's anything in there. Most of the time they had no clue. I had one not long ago. We did and the lady, he came in for her ear. Well, she started manifesting right in the floor and checking out. Uh, and I just, after I talked to her, look at me, look at me. I need you back. And she did. And so we ended up, um, Holy Spirit ended up casting out several things. And she said to me at the very end, two hours later, through tears, I had no idea. She goes, I've been ministering to people and praying for people. And I did not know these things were there. And it's like most, even, I believe this, and Derek Prince preaches on this and teaches on this, is that a Christian can have an indwelling, especially if it was there before they got saved. And 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 one of the proofs to me is the fruit of my life. As an addict, that's, that God has delivered. I live free. I don't do AA anymore. I don't do any of those things. I pursue Jesus daily and he gives me that deliverance. And that was his thing. Every day you put me first, I will give you reprieve of you. Reprieve of me means this. Second Peter 2.18 says, we can fall away. It's better to never have known me than to know me and fall away. And, you know, I don't ever want to go back, but I know I have a promise that I'll never have to go back as long as I keep doing what he said. And that is put me first. Yeah. yeah. So I believe addiction can be delivered. I believe snapping chains in Jesus' name. You see, <clears throat> there's hurts that we have in our lives that Holy Spirit, I see in deliverance, that when we pray for people, we ask Holy Spirit to show them or show us, who, like me and one other person will do deliverance. And we pray for them, and Holy Spirit shows them where they were molested when they were six or seven. You see, when I was seven, I was molested. I didn't know it till I was 49. And Holy Spirit brought me to that place to see it. And all those years I medicated and drank and and never really realized it. And so God freed me for that. I forgave myself as a little boy who didn't do anything to deserve that to happen to. I had to forgive my dad for not protecting me. See, the enemy had lots of rights to me and I kept medicating. So what we see is... When we want to be free, we're like, okay, I'll do whatever it takes. Then we ask Holy Spirit to show us, and he does. That's the love of Jesus, the love of this gospel. This is a chain-snapping gospel where truly we don't have to live in chains. And the whole point of this is to get free to help others get free. That's the whole point. And, and, and what happens is what births out of a man or a woman is fruit and you're, you you no longer desire the things you used to there begins to be fruits of the spirit begin to manifest it's like i don't know why but i have this hunger and new zeal for jesus i never had what's that that's new or all of a sudden you're broken for someone i don't know why i'm crying for this person and you just like sense can i pray for you and then you do they start to cry and Holy Spirit begins to birth something, healing, whatever it looks like. You see, I believe this. Jesus wants us to join him where he's already wanting to work. 
All he's saying, will you come? Will you, will you be free yourself, free of porn, free of sin, free of all of it, just free? And it comes from being alone with him. He frees us. Now we're free and we stay pressed into him. He matures us in our faith. And now he says along the way, now I want you to do what I taught my disciples to do. I want you to go out and I want you to pray for the broken. And when we do, faith, I, I learned this from Global Awakening or my, somewhere along the way. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. When we take the risk to represent the kingdom, Jesus shows up and our faith is increased. Yeah, and factually, actually, um, it's interesting. I, I teach on faith and even the word believe because um, what we don't hear a lot is that faith and believe are active verbs. They're not passive, I understand you and I think you're real, so therefore I have faith or I believe. No, it's you act upon the teaching yes. and follow the teaching, and that's faith, and that's believing. Yes. And so, um, big gap in our teaching today, but it's just something that I really push on a lot. Amen. I have one more question for you. Mm-hmm. You mentioned something about praying and praying and in God delivering you, the Holy Spirit coming and taking these things out. I know that there are people who pray and pray, and it, it appears to me, and I'm just telling you what I think, and I want your opinion on this. People pray, and it's almost like they're praying for a Savior, but not really a master or a Lord to follow, but rather a Savior to save them from hell. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because yeah. what you're telling me that you prayed was you're looking for somebody to deliver you that you can actually follow and they become your your master, you're their servant, rather than save me from this hell I'm going to go to. I call it fire insurance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I when we had C.D. Clark Diamonds, you know, it was fire insurance. It's like, you know, I look back on my life. I never had power all those years going to church here in town. All those years I would go, but I can never, there was, it's, this is dunamis, which is dynamite. This is power, and it only comes from, from, from the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, I'm sending the helper. Now you wait for him. He told, the, he told them all to wait for 10. They waited for 10 days in the upper room. And until, that, until the Holy Spirit came, boom, that was the dynamite that ignited the gospel, right? Yeah. And so I got that. That's available today. It's available for anyone who wants it. I just had to come to the end of my life at the place that says, is this, a, is this all the gospel is? Is struggle your whole life and you keep, you feel shame and guilt because you can't stop sinning and you, you, you love to hear, you know, you get good, funny, tickly, happy feelings when you go to church and you might sense some Holy Spirit, but there's no power in it to change. You know, Jesus comes and the old man dies. He has to die because you can't clean him up. He cannot be cleaned. He has to die. And so the new man is in Jesus and that man is transformed into a new man. And, you know, I hurt my wife really bad over those years of our marriage and the hard times. A broken woman. But God has restored our marriage he has restored every relationship in my life because of this new man that he has transformed me into. He took my heart of stone and made a brand new heart. So there is a difference. And I believe 
I'm living proof. And I don't care what people say. <laughs> There's radical fruit in my life, man. <laughs> and, and, and it's just, it's radical fruit and it's Jesus. And it keeps getting better. But the old man was living, even though I was calling myself a Christian, I was living for wealth. I was living for the next thing I could buy, the next encounter, the next exciting. I lived from these things, but they weren't things of the Lord. They weren't holy. It was, it was, you know, I always say this to a Christian business or any, anybody that's what's, what's you call yourself a Christian, but what's another million bucks? What's another, you know, it's like, where are we going with this? If, if we're not expanding this kingdom and representing this kingdom, you know, and, and there's no separation between my faith in Jesus and my business. Jesus is, it's about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I don't hide in my business and say, oh, well, this transaction, we're going to, you know, do this. God wants us to prosper and make money, but he also wants us to represent him in business. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Your integrity. We we have a business. And so it's an integrity is one of the highest uh, things I think we have to have. And knowing that people know who who is in charge of your business, which is Jesus, is very important. I think what you just said in terms of when I asked the question uh, is probably one of the most powerful things you can say about the oh, the man dying. You can't be you don't fix him. You don't make things better. He dies. And Jesus taught that. Jesus said that. And I think that that's so misled today. And I think you're, you're right on spot with that. That's, and that is power. That is power. It is. And, and we, we minister to a lot of men. Uh, we have men's group every Saturday at 8 a.m. Uh, so any guy would want to come. But what we see is Holy Spirit moving in that group. We see men come in if we've had men come through the door and start bawling they bawl for 30 or 40 minutes finally i say do you want this he says i want what you have i want this stand up we lead him into prayer salvation then we ask him now do you want the second baptism do you want the holy ghost you see it said jesus the father says i forget what verse it is i think it's in luke says what son would ask his father for a fish and give him a snake how much more will I give the Holy Spirit if you ask? So I do you want this? I I believe. I ask men, do you want the Holy Ghost? Do you want the fire? And this man, that one man that was bawling that day, he said, yes. And as I prayed for him, Holy Spirit, would you come and fill him with your fire? Beads of sweat began to just begin on his forehead. And he just like, I feel it. I feel it. He just, and he's never been the same. Uh, this man had, had lived a, a life of, um, of self-pleasure, of, you know, and living for self. And that day, he was transformed. And so we see that catching. This guy right now, start, he prays for other people. Uh, he has dreams of people with illness. And the next day, he'll see that person with what they were wearing. He prays for them, and they get healed. So God mm-hmm. is birthing this. It's nothing new. I'm not special. I'm just a man that yielded and is willing to say, Lord, I put you first. And so he says, okay, pray for these. He baptizes them in fire. He imparts his spirit on them. He gives them a ministry that is his ministry because we never have a ministry. It's always Jesus. It's only one ministry, Mm -hmm. right? It's not, it's just whatever that looks like to you. And to me, 
It is Christ in the workplace. How do we help other business owners be bold and say, I want Jesus here. I don't care what the world thinks. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I trust him. I trust him that he knows all my days he's written in my book, and I want to fulfill those and not miss it. One of the terrifying things is to me, people I meet that can't go all in for Christ is like, what happens? You get to the end of your life and you realize you missed it. That's terrifying. Well, now that we're here at the point of the power, let's talk about the power of the Holy, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Um, it's interesting because uh, people think that in the Old Testament, well, I've been heard, I've heard sermons that the Holy Spirit never filled anybody in the, Holy, in the Old Testament, which is absolutely t- totally not true. We know four or five people that have been David, David. yeah, David. There was uh, Jeremiah. There was also Joseph. There was um, mm-hmm. there's a guy with a funny name in Exodus. <laughs> but but anyway, it's interesting too because John the Baptist says, "I come to baptize in water," but there's somebody that's coming that will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. And he's talking about Jesus. And so already we have in the Gospels, Jesus talks about in 14, he says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. I love that phrase. And bring you to remembrance all things that I said to you. So he's talking to his disciples here. Now, an interesting thing on the Helper, because in that verse, uh, there's a lot of, translations that say comforter the the word here uh paracletos uh actually means helper or advocate intercessor or consoler Mm -hmm. so it's somebody who who intercedes who's an advocate who's got the power to teach you all things and i think that's really important uh verse 15 i mean jesus goes on when the helper or advocate comes whom I send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Now that, I think, is the most important thing we need to understand. I teach that it is the, if I say, the job of the Holy Spirit um, to give honor to the Son. We know the Son is Jesus. To honor and glorify the Son. So in all things that the Spirit does is to give honor to Jesus in all things. Right. Not in some things, not in some areas, not in yes. some churches, but in all things give honor. Just like Jesus says, just like I give all, th- everything I do is to give honor to the Father. Yeah. I mean, he clarified that with his own life. Right. So I think that we tend to push aside the Holy Spirit because we have Jesus, quote unquote, and we don't realize that from the from. Back in Moses' day, they're talking about filling of the Spirit. You know, John the Baptist talking mm-hmm. about filling of the Spirit. Jesus talking about the filling of the Spirit. And yet, we don't want to talk about the Spirit. We don't want to pray to the Spirit. Oh, my word. It's like, we, we think the Holy Spirit is something we don't want to, we don't learn about. We don't want to kind of mess with because we don't understand the Holy Spirit. And yet, the Holy Spirit is God. And Jesus says he'll teach you all things. He also says he'll guide you into all truth. Why wouldn't you want to pray to the Holy Spirit? You know, 
I, I'm at this place and, and I do it. I say, Holy Spirit, would you come? So one of, one of the verses that, one of my favorite verses, Isaiah 58, 9. And I think it's like this. When your life lines up and everything, you have no unforgiveness. Your life, you ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, show me. Is there anything between me and Jesus that I need to confess or repent of? And when there's, I get a, I get, no, there's nothing. Isaiah 58, 9 says, God says this is, when you call, I will say, here I am. I will be your rear guard. So now when I pray for people or I'm, or I'm struggling with something in my life, whatever business relationship, Father, would you come? Holy Spirit, come. See, Holy Spirit is the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's yeah. the same spirit. God the Father dwelled in Jesus when he was on the earth. Jesus was a perfect example how us to, how for us to live. He, he said, now I've taught you how to do it and give you the perfect example. In my name, you'll do these things and more. John 12, 14, right? 14, mm-hmm. 12. So that Holy Spirit is the fuel to the gospel. It is the jet fuel. Without this Holy Spirit, we can't live it, Alan. We cannot live it. Well, and just like like John the Baptist says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Yes. Now that word fire in the Greek is like lightning fire, lightning. It's yes. it's more than just something you like a match to. It actually has a the tendency or um, of of meaning like lightning, dynamite, dynamite. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, Amen. But I think I think we need to look at this more seriously because. It's about the Holy Spirit that gives us that power. We all search for truth. I don't care if you're a believer or a non-believer. We search for truth in something or somewhere. You know, even, is it Bob Dylan that was the singer? Mm-hmm. He said, you got to serve somebody. That's right. He said that in one of his so songs. Who are you going to serve? Gonna, gonna he serve. even says a song. Gonna serve, I think he says, you're going to serve, serve the devil himself? Yeah. I mean, we serve somebody. We we may say that we don't serve the devil. Well, then if you're not serving God, then who are you serving? Probably yourself. I always say this. If you're not serving Jesus, you default Satan. Yeah. You may not think so, but you're living a life of self-fulfillment. So if it's it's Jesus or it's default Satan, there is nothing else. Yeah. There, there's no such thing as atheism, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, it's interesting because... You can talk to people sometimes to your blue in the face, but it comes down to finally your testimony. What is God doing and has done in your life to really say, this is how I know Jesus is real. I believe it's the difference. One of the things that I see, it's what I carry. I carry the Lord's presence. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit goes with me. I carry an anointing that I didn't even know what it was. You don't even, Paul talks about this. You know, we carry an anointing and we're not even aware of it. It just comes. And, and, and because we spend intimacy alone with Jesus, seeking him, reading his word, um, the presence of God stays on us and comes on us. He indwells these vessels. So when we go out, we have the authority to cast out devils. Mark 16, 17, 18. Lay hands on the sick. You know, that is, that is, is, is a calling. Mark 16, 17, 18. I didn't bring it to read it, but 
Um, that is the key to this thing. We're supposed to be workers, but he works through us. But we must be something that the Holy, Holy Spirit can indwell. He cannot indwell a vessel that's filthy. He cannot indwell a vessel that wants to hold on to the old life. He cannot hold, indwell a vessel that wants to stay clicking on that website. Or, you know, he must come and transform. Yeah. And he won't do it. Um, he won't do it how Satan does it. When we crack a door to anything that's sin, Satan kicks it open and comes in and, and, and takes over in a sense, right? But Holy Spirit's a gentleman. And he doesn't come uninvited. He doesn't come. He's not going to come and just transform you without you asking. He's. We must be willing and ask, Lord, if there's more, I want it. Yeah. In fact, it's interesting. Even in um, Revelation three twenty, you know, Jesus is talking to one of the churches here, and he says, "I stand at your door and knock. Are you? He's like, are you going to let me in? If you do, I'll come in." What you're saying is exactly right, because even Jesus says this very thing. There's a little booklet out there that's years and years and years old. It's called My uh, Heart, Christ's Home. And it, it's, it's really cool. And, it's, uh, and I know it's got to be around, but it talks about, you know, a guy who says, you know, he wants Jesus to come into his life and cleanse him and live in his home. So Jesus comes into the living room, and in the in this little booklet it says, in the living room, obviously, it's really clean. It's always clean. We all have clean living rooms. You know, that's what people see. And then Jesus goes over to the kitchen. Oh, no, I'm not sure I want you to go to the kitchen. It's kind of dirty. You know, and, but he goes through each room of your house. Let me go into your bedroom. Let me mm-hmm. go to this closet. Oh, you cannot go in the closet, Jesus. That's where all the bad stuff is, and it's really private. But... Are we going to open it to him? Are we going to have, let it be cleansed? Or are we going to keep it that way and Man, walk in that's sin? that's good. So good. Alan. It really is. And I think that um, the truths are always the truth. I mean, every, the truth is the truth. Back in the 70s, so, I don't know, 40, 45 years ago, I remember going into churches or homes or businesses, and it wasn't uncommon for somebody who was in need to go to the side and you have a few people pray. In today's world, it's just unheard of. So when I was in your store the other day and uh, this young man walked young this guy walks in and we all go to the corner and there's a few of us standing praying, I, I left thinking, this is like what it was 45 years ago. It was very natural. Now it's not so natural. People get offended. Oh, I'm offended from what you do in your store. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing what, what has happened to our world today in just a short time of four, 35, 40, 45 years. Yep. You know, and, and it's sad because Christians, if you will, are are shying away or turning away. I remember in high school, this is off the topic, but I remember in high school, um, I just became a Christian. I was a junior in high school, and I felt the need to start a Christian club. I looked around, I was brand new Christian, brand new to the church, brand new to all this stuff. But I noticed there were two people over here sitting and they were praying for their lunch, or you know, there were three people over here and they had a Bible. and. 
and I noticed nobody knew each other. Mm-hmm. And and I thought, there's all these Christians here. I never noticed it before. As a non-Christian, you wouldn't even think about it. But I looked around this, and I saw all these people all over. I thought, wow, there are people reading their Bible and praying all over. We need to have a Christian club. I went to a Christian teacher. I knew it was a Christian teacher, and I asked her, may I have a period during your lunch hour in your room to have a Bible study. And she flat out said, oh, no, I'm sorry. We can't have that. It's against the rules. Uh. So I literally, because I was good in math and I did a lot of math in school, and I went to my math teacher and I asked him the same question. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Guess what? He was Buddhist. And we had Bible study Mm -hmm. in his classroom and we grew in six months from 12 kids to 200. And we saw things happen. Jew, Jews, kids who were Jewish had become Christians. And we saw a bunch of things manifest itself in, a, in a, an amazing way. God, the Holy Spirit was moving. Of course, then we had the earthquake back in 71, which made you know two-thirds of the people in Los Angeles go to church. But... We were moving as a youth group. Our church was moving in in the in God, and it was amazing. Um, so I think that even before we get to the Book of Acts, you know, because in, in chapter one, verse eight, Jesus says this: "You shall receive power with when the Holy Spirit comes um, upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all of Judea." And Samaria into the end of the earth. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is this is the last thing he ever said before he left and went and was ascended. And I think the power that Jesus tells us that is available to us, you know, is remarkable. And it's for our taking. Absolutely. <clears throat> We're in unique we're in, I believe we're really in the last days. And everybody's been saying that for generations. But, you know, when God moves on a, on a, on a lost soul that's not even in church, but he's crying out, you could be anywhere crying out to Jesus. He can move on you. He knows your heart. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, um, I believe God is raising people up to pray for people and minister to them and snap their chains in his name. Uh, Psalm 107, uh, verse 11, it says, He kicked through the darkness, snapped the, the bronze gates, and, and broke our chains. God, these are the days God is breaking chains and freeing people. And while we're just sitting here, I just had a verse come in my head. I wanted to read it. Uh, it's, um, it's Matthew 7, 21 and 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have not prophesied, we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me. You who practice lawlessness. I'm never going to hear Jesus say that to me. There's fruit. Amen. But there's so many deceived Christians who think they have salvation but it's counterfeit. There's something in the church today that says, if you said a prayer, you're going to heaven. But they leave out a key thing, and that's repentance. 
Are you broken before the Lord? Does your sin condemn you that you're willing to say, whatever the cost is, Lord, I must know that I'm never going to hear you say to me, depart from me. I never knew you. You're 100% right. And I totally agree with this. I think this is something that is lost in a majority part of the teaching in Christendom. Uh, we have people watching this program all over the world. And Russia has over a thousand people watching us and in Ukraine and and Philippines. And, and it's amazing. And I get questions all the time. And I think this is one of the key things right here that I have seen uh, this, let's say a prayer at the end, thank you, goodbye. And now since you've said the prayer, you're all saved. I've, I've run into people that, that live a a life of sin that, that believe that Jesus is a sinner just like you and I, but they know they're going to heaven because they said this prayer. And, I, and I'm like, seriously. And, and that's just why I get really built up about some of our leaders and teachers and pastors right. is because of this very thing. Um, you know, the, the sinner's prayer is only about 200 years old. Yeah. I mean, it really, it's only 200 years old. It's only that. And, what I have always learned, what I have learned and what I believe is that we need to seek Jesus as the Lord of our life. Yeah. Int- individually and intimately. And I think that people today uh, don't know what that means. They don't. They, they use terms that we have watered down in Christianity from the last 50 years of, I, want, I accepted, the word accepted, think about that. I accepted Jesus as my Savior. Now, first off, the Bible never says that we need to accept him. Mm -mm. And it never says we need to accept him as Savior. Those two phrases are totally not biblical. It's just not written. It's not there. And it it doesn't even imply that in the scripture. But we teach it in our churches. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It does say if we want to be saved, we need to call upon Jesus as Lord. Jesus even said in John... That unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, yeah. you will not have everlasting life. What is he saying here? I've heard pastors say, oh, that means the, the Last Supper. It's like, really? It blows my mind. Jesus is talking about lordship. He's talking about becoming like him. That's right. And, 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 and this is the message of the Bible that we are not hearing. And you are exactly right. There are going to be people out there saying, because I said the prayer, I'm, I'm, I'm going to heaven. Because, you know, all this. And yet at the end of the day, because of their sinful life, because of their life in sin, because they've never transformed their life to become his. Jesus say, I, didn't never, I never knew you. You're so right on that. There's going to be many men of God, they call themselves, that are in pulpits that will hear God say that. Because they were building their kingdom and not his kingdom. Exactly. Uh, you know, it, it's totally exactly right. Uh, you know, and um, you hit a nerve with me on this because this is something that, you know, I've also been cautioned to be careful on this program to talk about. <laughs> well, I want to encourage you not to. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> well, you know, because I, I really, I really, it, it angers me really deep within. Holy anger. It does that that we have these leaders that are that are giving this compromised way of of uh, becoming mm-hmm. a Christian, mm-hmm. and and it's not truth, it's not reality, it's it's not biblical. Yeah. And I and you know I really what the teaching should be 
is that we make him the Lord of our life. That's our responsibility. I think too often we're, we hear, we don't have to do anything. Jesus did it all. Well, that's not true. If he didn't have to do anything, that means everybody, 100% of the people in the world for 100% of history are going to heaven. So we do have to do something. What do we have to do? We need to seek him out and make him Lord of our life. That's our responsibility, number one. Yes. And um, the, the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. without that power, we can't do it. And, and the other thing is we're wooed. Like, like if you, if, if someone says, well, I want, I want to know this Jesus, who is it? In fact, that's Holy Spirit beginning to woo that person. But if they're not in the right place where, where the, the gospel is preached, right? Mm-hmm. The gospel, straight up gospel is preached where you're coming from. Cause I believe you're a man that, that will not compromise the word of God, right? Just to tickle people's ears and to be popular, Right. It comes down to this. We cannot live this life, Alan. We, we're incapable of living it without the infilling. The apostles, b- before they were apostles, couldn't live it. They all abandoned Jesus and ran after being with him three years. Because it's not that they didn't love him. They didn't know what to do. Yeah. But when the Spirit filled them, when he came back and he breathed on them, right? And then they, and then they got filled in, in the uh, upper room. That is when they could live it. And I and I can say myself, I could never live this until I got the infilling. And that transformed a man that thought he was going to heaven, that had fire insurance, and even thought I could tithe my way into heaven. But I could never live a holy life free of sin until, I call it free from sin until I sin. The sins I do now are nothing like I did before. The yeah. sins now might be judgment. Oh, Lord, help me not to judge. You know, it's not like debauchery. (laughs) Yeah. Well, once we seek Jesus out to be Lord, then he becomes our Savior. Yes. I mean, that's his responsibility. And it's love. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. um, And there's so much, there's so much we could talk about in this. You know, it could take (laughs) hours. But I want to say this in Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to read this, verses 16 and 17. It says, Paul's talking, and he says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the the flesh lusts against the Spirit, Mm -hmm. and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. The same thing you talked about in the very beginning of this. You know, how do I not do this? And I think that, and he goes on, because in verse 22 and 23, he, he goes on and talks about the fruit of the Spirit. We need to walk, and we need the fruit of the Spirit. What, are the, what is the fruit of the Spirit? Well, that's the very characteristics of God. Yes. What does that mean? Well, the Bible tells us we need to seek and become holy. The Old Testament, Peter, both say we need to become holy. What is that? Well, it's be, having the, the very nature and the characteristics of God. Where do you find that? The fruit of the Spirit. Right. I mean, it, it's all together. It's all here so easily to understand. And I don't know why so many people make it difficult, but it's really wide open to understand. And I think that that's really, really good. One more thing here in uh Galatians 5.24, it says, And those who are Christ have been have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. Amen. And that is really what really I see in your life, that you have 
given as your testimony. We no longer lust after the flesh. We no longer lust after the um, flesh, uh, lust of the eyes, the things that are carnal nature. We no longer do this. Uh, these are things that are offered of the world. And according to Paul, Galatians 5, you need to read this, people. You really need to read this. It's all about walking and living in the Spirit. It's all about becoming like Jesus. And this, you know, is really the bottom line. Yes. What, what is the foundation of what a Christian is? To become like Jesus. Jesus it, says you'll know them by their fruit. Exactly. Not by the prayer you, you said in one day. <laughs> you know. I'm so glad we had this time together. Yeah, me too. I really am. Thank you for having me on. It's been a total pleasure. Well, you know, it's interesting. We have a common friend in Moldova. That's right. Hey, Radu. <laughs> and Radu happened to uh, mention for me to look you up and talk to you. And, and so I said, really? I haven't, I haven't talked to you in so many years. And, he's, and he told me about your life. And I thought, wow, that's incredible. And I said, well, I have to get a hold of him. Yeah. So um, I'm so glad I did. I want to stay in touch. Absolutely. So, this is good. And and the pastor you brought over the other day, JD. Pastor JD, yeah. Amazing man. We had a. You should have him on sometime. He's got quite a testimony too. I had a nice talk with him, and it yes. seems like we agree on a lot of things. Yes. while we sat there, so it was yes. kind of cool. So I watched one of his sermons the other day, and and, and I think that he's a neat guy. He's a powerful so, man of God. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Lord is working through you. He's working in your business. And I think that is what is uh, where you see fruit, not just because of what you do in church, but it's in your everyday life. I know there's so many people that have a hard time in their business or at their place of work. And, you know, our, um, our website, www.thebelieversjourney.net, if you go to the guest page, you can find uh, a little picture there at the bottom of Chad's write-up, and you can click on it. It goes right to his website. And if you need to contact him, go in for prayer. There you go. So Amen. it was a pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for joining today. Um, we're running a little late here, so but thank you. We love you so much. I appreciate all of your help. Uh, please uh, comment, ask questions, subscribe, and uh, we'll always get back to you. Alan Cutting and the Believer's Journey radio program seeks to teach the Word of God in a clear and practical manner. For more information, please visit the podcast page at am630theword.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.